there's no other name given amongst men whereby we must be saved. If you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He'll forgive you of your sins, and that is a great and a wonderful promise of our God. I hope that you know Him this morning. We're welcoming you this morning to our services. I trust that the songs and the message in songs has been a blessing to you this morning. It is great to have Paul and Kathy here. Paul and Kathy, why don't you just stand up? Why don't we welcome them this morning? Paul and Kathy are members of our church for many, many years. Paul was a, a deacon in our church, and his wife was an antagonist to me for about 10 years. And uh, But uh, they were such a delight to us. They moved to Idaho about 15 years ago, if you can imagine. And uh, Paul has been 14 years since he's been back here, and so just great. We got to take them over to the property last night, have them over for dinner and things like that. It's just a great. And I, I uh, you know, once a per- person becomes a part of your family, they are always a part of your family. Aren't you glad for that? Amen and amen. Well, take your Bibles and uh, turn into your the Scriptures to uh, Matthew chapter 6 again. Uh, I must correct something. Um, two weeks ago, I I had three errors in my presentation, not in my preaching per se, but in in different things that uh, were stated. I sent out an email to correct those errors. I said worry was like fog, and I remember I said that a uh, hundred miles uh, or a hundred feet deep over three cities or something like that was like a glass of water. Well, I later discovered from a pilot who has flown through clouds that that cup of water was a little bit bigger. Uh, He said, and he did the statistics on this, it is actually 185 gallons of water. All right, so I stand corrected. And uh, so uh, I uh, realize how much that can really uh, cloud our vision and, uh, and things like that. Well, as we get into worry this morning and we talk about it, I feel very inept. Can I just say that to preach this message? Uh, Worry has grabbed or frustration or however we glamorize the word, stress. Uh, Sometimes we can wear it as a badge of honor because of how busy we are, how concerned we are. And things like that. And uh, God's arrested my attention in this. And it's taken some time. And I dare say that I will get maybe a little bit more on my journey in this. And maybe you as well. Uh, To overcome worry and those things that stress us out or frustrate us or things like that. There are some marvelous truths to that. And this morning we want to look at the cure of it. And I want to just ask that God would open our eyes to understand the Scriptures. I had a song that we were going to sing, and I'm afraid that I could not sing it without the piano player. And our piano player has left us this morning, uh, so we will uh, forego that. But uh, maybe I could show you the, uh, 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 the words of that song. And you know this, this song, Open Our Eyes, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch Him and say that we love Him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. So why don't we just pray that God would open our eyes right now as we go to this very important topic of how to have a cure for worry. Father, I thank You for opportunity to, to mull over this. And 
even this morning as uh, looking at the Scriptures, there's just so many things that have come to mind. And Lord, how you've worked in my heart this morning. And, and yet, Lord, there's the anxiety that comes into our soul that captures us at times. Uh, sometimes there's things we don't worry about. Where other times, small things can sound or seem like such big storms. So it is my prayer that this morning that you'll work in my heart and the hearts of the dear folks that are here this morning. Thank you for every visitor, guest that's here this morning, for Paul and Kathy being with us and, and others, Lord, as we have opportunity to study the Scriptures. I pray that it will do its work in our souls this day. I pray for your anointing, your help. And that, Father, that the power of the Word might, through the uh, preaching of your Word and the uh, power of the Spirit working in our soul, do its work for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Just in review, if we could kind of uh, look at some of the things that we've looked at in the past, uh, as we look at the curse of worry and then the cure of worry, we looked at this curse of worry is in your cares. And he says there in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore, and there we look at the previous paragraph where he talks about our treasures. And the more cares that we have, the more things that we have, or the more that we focus on the things that we have, then we will have more uh, worries. Um, truly, where your heart is, uh, where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. And so our worries, our anxieties, and everything that come into us helps us to show us that really maybe our focus is not on Jesus Christ, but it's on things. Okay? And so he's going to try to help us understand uh, these things. We went and looked at Martha and Mary there in Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. And it came to pass as they went that they entered the certain village, Bethany, and a certain woman named Martha received them to her house. And she was going to fix a meal for them. And her sister was at Jesus' feet. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, it says, but Martha was cumbered. That word cumbered means she was distracted. She was pulled apart. She was occupied with the things that she had to do. So our treasures can also be the things of our responsibility. Have you ever been responsible for something? When you feel the weight of those responsibilities, it can weigh you down. Maybe it's a dinner that you're fixing. Maybe it's a camp that you're running. Maybe it's a building that you're building. Maybe it's a job that you have. Maybe it's children that you're raising. When you feel responsible for something and to put it on, then you can be cumbered. You can become distracted. You can become pulled apart. You can become occupied with what you're responsible for. It could be finances. Uh, I've changed this word and given it a little bit of different uh, meaning of being responsible. Can I put it, this definition on it this morning? Responsible is to respond to His ability, not your ability. Did you hear what I just said? You see, when you think that, it, that it's upon your shoulders, then you will feel the weight of that responsibility. But if you can trust in the Lord and you place it upon His ability, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
But when you begin to think that it depends, or when I think it depends on me, then I feel that weight. Sometimes when I get up and preach, uh, I felt that. Paul, I don't know if you've ever got up, taught Sunday school, preached, that you feel, man, you, you know, a little nervous about how that presentation is going to go. Maybe it's singing a solo, uh, Darlene, or something like that. When we put it on our abilities, we feel the weight of that responsibility. Does that make sense to you? God helped and uh, uh, a year ago in that uh, I was being weighted down by the responsibility of preaching the Word because you want to handle it right. You don't want to get one glass of water, 185,000 gallons mixed up. Is that not correct? You want to do what's right. And, uh, and, and looking at those things and, and understanding that as I stand up here this morning, that it's not my abilities that's going to make this message. It's God's Word and His Spirit that accomplishes it. Amen to that? And that's freedom. That's liberty. To be able to get up and to rest upon His Word. And I remember being on my knees one day and struggling with all this. And God gave the verse in Second Timothy 4. Uh, verse 2, where Paul says to Timothy, preach the word. The power is in the word. Let's get away from our own abilities. And it seems like too often we get into our own abilities. I personally believe that this is what creates an insecurity. An insecurity becomes in your security versus the security of God. You know, uh, people wonder, will people like me? Will people not like me? Or will I make the right decision? Will I make the wrong decisions? And this is a, again, it's, it's a dependence on our own selves rather than on God. Does this making sense to all of us? So if we can identify <clears throat> the source of our struggles, it's our treasures. It's, you know, is my car going to break down? Or is this going to happen? Or is that going to happen? Or am I going to be able to do these things? Even in safety, you know, there's, there's so many things that you can insure yourself uh, with. We just got uh, new phones for uh, Zach and Ruth, and uh, they just got it changed over, and they got these nice, beautiful iPhones. And as we signed on the bottom line, they walked off with $1,200 in assets, and they're heading to youth camp. And I'm thinking, oh, my. We don't have insurance on them yet. And so we get insurance to protect those things. And there's nothing wrong with having insurance. But sometimes we can trust in our insurances and not trust in the Lord. Same with medical insurances and all kinds of things. <clears throat> so I encourage you. The Bible says safety. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And when you and I can come to the place where we trust in an almighty God to take care of us, then we can lay our heads upon the pillow at night. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, does it, to send your choir out in the front of a battle. Would you agree with me? Yet that's what happened with Israel. Yeah. God says, I want you to put the choir out there in front of the armies, singing and praising God, and God defeated the enemies. We have taken God too often out of the equation. Fear in, uh, 
and insecurity is a security in yourself, and fear is uh, is uh, and and uh, I'm trying to read my own writing here in the future. Fear in the future is fear in yourself. Understand that. May God help us with that. Jacob. Do you think that Jacob was a man of great faith um, or a man of fear? He was a man of fear, wasn't he? Uh, remember when he went to meet his, his brother Esau? Who did he put in front of the, the, uh, the entourage? He put his wife and his children. <laughs> and he went in the back of the line. Wow. He was a supplanter. And that gives you a little insight into his character. Being a supplanter is the idea there of of trying to figure things out in his own ability rather than God's abilities. So here Martha is cumbered. She's distracted. She's being pulled apart. Uh, And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, thou art... Careful. This word, take no thought, is the same word, careful. And you're troubled. The idea there is turbulence. Uh, like a sit, uh, ship being tossed in the, in the sea. And the more that we are distracted, the more we have our things on, our minds on the things of this world, the more turbulent our soul is. Now, in saying that, that also gives us the solution to it, doesn't it? Because if my mind is fixed upon my things and my abilities, that's what's causing these struggles in my life. I need to shift my focus to God. Now, we know that. But do we connect the dots when we're in those turbulence? All right, so this is what we're going to be dealing with this morning in these things. And he says, let's see, I'm not sure why my, I must be bouncing. Bill, you must be sitting there and you're a little bit taller. I'm getting a ricochet off your head or something like that. I don't know, but I'll try to aim over here uh, a little bit different here. Let's see what we are uh, here. We'll get back here. Thou art careful about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen. She's put herself in the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. She's made the choice To worship the Lord. And can I say this? The more you know about Jesus Christ, the more you know about God, the better your life will be. Amen to that? To know Him here in your heart. To trust Him here in your heart. The more time you spend, I was reading my uh, devotions this morning, the more time you spend, the the, uh, writer said, the more familiar He is with you. I encourage you to have a special time with the Lord each and every day. And then we looked at this other word. And seek not those things that you shall eat or the things you shall drink. Neither be of a doubtful mind. The word doubtful is that idea again of a ship tossed in the sea. So let's look at the cure this morning. The worry. Uh, The cure for worry is in his care. Do you believe that God cares for you? I mean, he sent his son to die on the cross so we could have everlasting life. He cared enough for us to send his son. So keep that in mind. And the Bible says, take no thought. And he says that four times in this passage and all. Understand that unless the Lord builds the house, 
They labor in vain. Who build it? Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, and eat the breads of sorrow, for he giveth his beloved sleep. There's a great promise in trusting in the Lord and keeping the right perspective. So if we talk about this as a prescription, a prescription for peace in your soul. Now, there's a lot of drugs being passed around, including marijuana today, that's trying to help people have peace in their soul. There is such torment that people are going through in their soul. And no amount of prescription drugs is going to give you peace in your soul. Do we understand that? Jesus Christ is the solution. And if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you've got the solution. You just need to use it. And so as we look at this prescription and people are running to the, the pharmacies and people are running to this and they're running to things and they're, they're running to, to, oh, we need to come before the Lord. I, I, I set my affections on things above. I lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Do you see all this? In our response to His abilities. Instead of looking at the storms, we need to be looking at the Savior. Isaiah 26.3 Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on thee. But what happens is the troubles come up. And do they come up? They come up all the time. Yesterday was a good challenge. We worked so hard to get everything set to go to camp and everything. And we got a trailer that uh, uh, swayed a little bit our junior week. And so we put an anti-sway bar on it. And we got a truck. And, and uh, we were working really hard and, and getting everything. We show up Saturday morning and the tire is halfway flat. And the truck's got a noise. And we're sitting there. Boy, we're just wanting to get off and get going. And all of a sudden we're distracted by the things that are happening. Does that ever happen to you? You get distracted by the things that are that are that are going what we would consider wrong. But let me ask you, is it really going wrong? Or is God trying to help us to get some good lessons in our lives? And so we we look at this passage. It says in verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought Don't be anxious. That's the idea there. He's not saying be irresponsible. But he says don't be to that place where you are becoming anxious in your soul and troubled and tormented. Uh, These are like tortures that can come. And many of us know these things. What you shall eat and what you shall drink and your body, what it shall be put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, now he tells us to look at God's creation. And he says, look and pay attention. Learn from the birds. Now, I ask yourself a question. What can we learn from the birds? I appreciate Brother Pennock giving us uh, uh, some insight in how to put up some bird feeders and to put up a, a, a bird's uh, a house and, and to put in a bird bath. And the birds come on. And God says here, he says, why don't you pay attention to the birds? And he says here, listen, uh, they, they don't sow. Uh, Neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
So we need to understand that the source of what we have is not in our abilities, but it is in God. Is God able even to take a raven and feed a prophet out in the desert in the midst of a famine and drought? Yes or no? And the same God that took care of Elijah when he went out into that wilderness is the same God who's able to take care of us. And how many times has he taken care of us? Over and over and over again. You know, this is in the passage here after the Lord's Prayer where the Lord had them pray, Give us this day our... What? That sounds like a dependence. Day by day. But if we don't think we have six months stored up into the savings account or things, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But be very careful that in our substance of, uh, of abundance, that we don't have a daily reliance upon God. He says they, they, they don't sow, they, but, they, but the Father feeds them. You watch these birds and, and understand how that God takes care of them. Um. Does a bird have a responsibility, though, to gather things and go out there and be responsible? Yes. Uh, it's interesting in, uh, in this concept of talking about our Father and understanding, if you have been born again, that God, the creator of the universe, who created the birds and the flowers for us to see his power and to see his provisions, that he uh, also helps us uh, to, uh, to understand that he is our Father and we're more valuable than the Father. And He cares for us as His children. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, many of you are familiar with that passage. It says, Casting all your cares upon Him, for He what? Cares for you. Do you all know what 1 Peter 5, 8 says? But be sober. Okay. So understand here, there's, there's a good aspect of what is our responsibility. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is stalking you like a roaring lion. So yes, he says, don't cast all of your cares, the same word here, cast all your cares upon him because he does care for us. He says, but be sober. As we walk through this world, we do have a responsibility to walk circumspectfully. In other words, we need to be careful where we're putting our feet. To understand that we do have an enemy. And I'm afraid that many Christians don't understand. They're, they're so caught up with their things that they don't realize where really the problem is. And that is the one that's stalking you. So these birds, God takes care of them. But as I watch the birds, Brother Paul, you know what I see them do? I mean, we're sitting there and there's times when maybe 20 or 30 birds are coming up. Isn't that right, Brother Bob? And they're just sitting around and they fly on the fence and they land on the fence. And this is what they do. What are they looking for? Predators. The cat. Right? And they are watchful. We need to be watchful. I told you the story a while back about the bird that uh, uh, found some baloney. 
and started eating the bologna. And as it ate the bologna, it was very, very happy. And it just started to sing its little head off. And a cat heard and came up and ate the bird. And the moral of the story is, when your mouth is full of bologna, keep your mouth shut. Amen. (laughs) There are dangers out there. There are dangers out there. But in that context, but in that context, we have a roaring lion. But who needs to be exalted? God does. Because the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I know we see many things taking place in our society today. Understand that God is the one who takes care of us. Know who this God is. And he goes on and he says, uh, Are you not much better than they? Verse 27, uh, Which of you by taking thought, you can't add one cubit to your stature, to your life. You can worry yourself to death. Remember I said that last time. But you don't worry yourself to more days of your life. And then, why take ye thought? Consider those lilies out in the field, that they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of them. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little what? faith. And here's where the problem is. First of all, we, 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 we come to the understanding that we have a heavenly father if we've been born again that's watching over us. And then now it's a matter of faith. And faith is a matter of trusting and believing in who God is and what he says. Yes or no? You know, that's one of the things that I've been working on and are growing in as God allows struggles to come our way. And that is to have faith. Have faith. Have faith in who God is. We all know this passage, don't we? We know all things work together for the good unless problems come our way. Right or wrong? You see, we don't have faith even in this concept. Good for those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. God has a plan for our life and His plans might might not line up with our plans. Have you ever figured that out? Israel had some detours, had some distractions that came their way. Um, I think of the three Hebrew children. Remember them? In the book of Daniel chapter 3, is it? Or someplace in there, I think it was. Uh, was it on their plan to face a fiery furnace? No. But when you see the Israelites or the three Hebrew children's response, do you see uh, uh, people of faith or do you see people of fear? People of faith. He says, we're not careful to answer you, O king. We're not going to bow down to your idols. Whether we know, we have, we have absolute confidence that if God wants us to rescue us out of that fiery first, He will do it. But if He doesn't do it, that doesn't change the matter. Right or wrong, we have a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. But we need to understand that it is God that is in control. It is not our plans, it is His plans. He did not spare, verse 32, His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all 
things. God knows what's best for our lives. This is one of my memory verses. And, and through this building project and, and uh, conviction that God brought my heart under at camp a couple years ago uh, to memorize scriptures, I've been starting to memorize scriptures that deal with faith, with deal with keeping our eyes on the Lord. And uh, the Bible says in Psalm 119, 9 uh, through 11, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to thy word? Uh, with my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Is worry sin? Yes. In four times in this passage, he says, take no thoughts. And that is in the imperative. So here he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They might not be your plans. They might not be your concepts. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. I believe Brother Josh Waldecker's preaching tonight, and I understand that he's preaching on hope tonight. Isn't that interesting? May God help us. And by the way, what is hope? What is the word for hope? What does it mean? There you go, Bobby. A confident expectation. A confident expectation. I have a confident expectation that God never steps off the throne. He always knows what's going on. He always has the power. You know. So we read this in the thing. Do we know it in our hearts? Uh, knowing this God, and another verse of mine was uh, in First uh, Corinthians, First uh, Chronicles twenty-nine. It says, "Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. All that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth are thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee." And thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great, and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Did you read anything in there about our ability? It's all about who he is. And he needs to be exalted. And we need to understand that when struggles come in our lives, oftentimes it's at that place where we need to stop and to be still. Do you know what the word be still means? It means let go. Sometimes we need to take a, a, just a deep breath and then thank the Lord for who is in control. Sometimes God wants you and I to let go. You ever figure that out? <laughs> in fact, that's what causes a lot of our worries. We are trying in our abilities, as I've already, already said. Being a Jacob, trying to figure out these things in our own abilities. Let go and let God. Uh, by the way, I don't believe in the power of yoga. All right? Can I just say that this morning? I don't. I mean, yoga might be good for stretching and everything, but yoga goes much further than stretching and all those things. It's based on uh, the the uh, the Eastern religions and all those kinds of things and meditating and 
doing your yin and yang and all that kind of stuff like that. I mean, if I want to stretch, I can, I could, I could stretch, you know, whatever. But, but, but be careful about some of the metaphysical aspects of things in our society. Our society is, is putting out things that are, that are, that are, again, trying to find it the strength in our own abilities. Be still and know. Uh, the uh, uh, the idea there is an uh, an um, oh what's the word it is an acquired knowledge it is an acquired knowledge as you've seen God you know God you get into His Word the more time that you spend in thinking about the Lord and exalting Him He says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So here he brings out these ideas of God's creation. And if there's a creation, there's a creator. And God created these things. And as we look out, we can learn from the things that God has created. He says in Matthew chapter 10, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's knowledge. Uh, from, from the Father's will, excuse me. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Uh, do not fear, therefore, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. Amen and amen and amen. Trust in the Lord, yes or no? With all thine heart, lean not on thine understand all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. In uh, Psalm 56, 3, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Let me ask you, how many here have ever been fearful? How many ever think you'll be fearful again? <laughs> it's there. I mean, these verses are brought up here in the Sermon on the Mount because this is a real problem that people face. The psalmist is talking about those things. And, and David had fear in his heart. And there was things. But he says, what time I'm afraid. As soon as that comes up in my life, I'm going to trust the Lord. And, and here's the thing that we've got to come to. And that is to recognize. I believe this is a part of the cure. Is you've got to recognize when that anxiety, when that frustration or that fear or those worries or however we, we talk about it. We need to recognize it because it's going to come before us. He says we need to turn to the Lord. In fact, that's what he says there. In verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Too often, when problems come up, we want to try to solve it ourselves. Instead, he's saying here, no, but for, put him first. If he's your father, have faith in who God is and put him first in your responses, in his ability. I believe that's the key. You'll have fears. He says in verse 32, he says, for all these things the Gentiles seek. This is a common concept of this world to seek after those things of our provisions. But your heavenly father, he knows that you have need of all these things. Put them first. Fear thou not, for I'm with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God. You see, all through the scriptures, there's so many wonderful principles of promises that if we would just believe, if we would just trust, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen? That's a wonderful verse, by the way. I would hope that maybe some would put that down as a memory verse. So the Father, your faith in Him, 
and let your responses be first. He says in Galatians chapter 6, Be careful for nothing. That idea, don't take thought. Same word. Be careful for nothing. Don't put thoughts on these things. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. So I'm going along in life and if something falls apart in my life, I need to stop and I need to ask God for His wisdom and His strength to help in this situation. Too often we've gotten so used to handling these things in our own hands. And our own hands are so feeble. We've looked at verses of how great our God is and we know it. We know it right here. But the test comes when those troubles come up is how well do we know it here. And it seems like what God's wanting is a little bit of this knowledge to start coming down here and a little bit of that more knowledge coming down here and a little bit more of that knowledge come down here until you can be that kind of person that you can live above worry. How many say that would be a great aspect? I'm going to tell you something. You're the one that takes it from here. I'm the one that takes it from here and brings it down here. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot I know up here. But I discover it's not always here. God wants us to serve Him with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. He says, verse 11, this is such an interesting passage. In fact, if you struggle with worry, Philippians chapter 4 is a marvelous chapter. He says in verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have what? I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I've learned to be content. The cause of worry is on our cares. The cause of contentment is to know that God cares. I've learned whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And then you all know verse 19. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many believe that's true? Where do you believe that? Where do I believe that? Right here. We should believe it here, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. When we worry, we show that we don't really believe it right here. But God knows that we need to grow in these things, and He's patient and He's gracious to us. In fact, He even told His disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in Me. You know, He is telling them that I, in verse 1, He says, after, right after this, He says, I go to prepare a place for you. This was the night before He was crucified. He was taken from them that night. And He said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Life is going to change for you, disciples. You have been three years walking with me. You have seen the power of God. You've seen the dead raised. You've seen the thousands fed. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Let me ask you something. When Jesus was taken to the cross, did the disciples believe this? Oh, they might have here. I mean, they had seen so many wonderful things. But here, what did they do? They fled for their lives. May God help us to bring those things down uh, to our hearts. And to find that cure, I believe. Oh, 
By the way, uh, he says, seek ye first. In other words, respond first to God and let Him deal with those things. So the, the Father, the faith, and the first. And then he says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. A cardinal rule is don't carry yesterday or tomorrow upon the back of today. The same God who takes care of us today will take care of us tomorrow. Right or wrong? And you know, as I think about this, this is how this can enter into ourselves in a practical way. And that is the what-if statements. You ever had a what-if statement? What if I fall off the platform? What if God doesn't show up? What if this? That is taking thought for tomorrow. The what-if statements. And can I say this also? So many people defeat themselves because of this other statement. If only I had. If only I had done better. If only I had done this. You know, both of those. If only I had is letting the past shackle us. If only. uh, uh, What if is, is the future. Oh, my friends, don't let those things shackle us. Live today in the things that God... He says, sufficient is evil. In other words, the things that today, God will help you today. You'll see this in this passage. is about trusting God day by day. Don't meditate on your failures. Don't meditate on the what ifs. Don't meditate on if only. Day by day, God will take care of you. Do you believe it? Where? Right here's where I want to be. I really do, Pat. And it shows me so often that sometimes my heart and my head are not connected. So, in conclusion, I have this, uh, the, the five R's. Maybe, Kathy, you remember the five R's. Uh, part uh, that was given to me uh, uh, in a counseling session to understand how that we can find solutions to most any of our problems in the Word of God. And that is, number one, recognize what's going on. Understand that our focus, our distraction, even the busyness of our lives, maybe where our treasures are, have called our anxious moments. And then to repent of those things. Repent of it because it is sin. And can I just say this? You and I will repent in greater sorrow when we understand the seriousness of the sin of worry. Because the sin of of worry is an insult to the sovereignty of God. Did you hear what I just said? The sin of worry is an insult to the sovereignty of God to the omnipotence of God, to the omniscience of God, to many of His attributes, the love of God, the patience of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. We are insulting Him when we worry because we're saying, God, you're not able to take care of this the way I want it to be taken care of. Right or wrong? May God help us to repent. Who God is. It's the wrong view of God. It's the wrong view of eternal uh, values and principles and treasures. And then to replace 
Replace the, the distractions. Replace the, the dark vision that we have that's clouding and tormenting our soul with a single vision to God. And that is to trust in Him as the Creator. That's why He's telling us, look at these sparrows. Look at these things and you see the Creator. And then resist. Because my friends, even though today God gives you a peace in your soul, you need to continue to resist because the one stalking you continues to stalk you. Or else you will recycle and you'll find yourself and myself captured by these distractions. So if we can recognize what's going on, we can repent of it. And I don't know about you, but God breaks my heart. He breaks my heart. And I believe a godless sorrow worketh repentance not to be repented of. In other words, when we really get it, when we really grow in this, we grow in our faith, we grow in the relationship with our Father, we grow in our response that He's number one, He's the first in our responses. We come to Him in prayer, we've understood who He is, and we're letting this come and just saturate our lives. He takes ownership of our lives. Father, I pray... As we understand this morning, we've asked you to open our hearts to understand. I, I, this morning, this message is more for me than maybe anybody out there. But we examine and we learn. And we, we learn through creation. We see your power. You even said that your power is demonstrated to, to lost people all over the world. They can see your power through creation. It doesn't make sense to, to think that some rock exploded and, and that things evolved. The only thing that makes sense is that there's a Creator. And as this world gets away from the Creator, they weaken their ability to have peace in their soul because things are helter-skelter in their lives. They think that things are just happenstance. Rather than understand all things work together for the good to them that love God. Help us, Lord, to see that the pieces of the puzzle, that maybe all we can see is the piece of that puzzle. We don't see the whole picture. But you, as the Creator and the Omniscient One, knows the beginning from the end, and you know what's the very best. We've got to bring the right equation into this, or else, Father, we will fail and continue to fail. Help our meditation not to be upon our... um, our treasures of this world. Help our meditation not to be upon our problems. Help our meditation to be upon you. For you said to Joshua, meditate day and night. Then thou shalt have good success. You'll make our way prosperous. Father, doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems. But we see as Joshua and others depended on you, that, Lord, you brought the right solutions. But as we take things into our own hands, It brings an insecurity. And that insecurity will torment our soul. Rather, we should have a security in who you are. Father, I pray that we'll remember fear in the future is fear in ourselves. Father, we've taken our eyes off of you. So help us to place them upon you. Help us to repent. Help us to realize the damage it is not to trust in you in all of our ways, rather than leaning on our own understanding. Lord, there are so many things of the Scriptures, Old and New Testament, that just dovetails together to make a beautiful understanding of the truth of what's being presented today. Our faith 
not in ourselves, but our faith in you. And Lord, as you said, oh, ye have little faith. Oh, we had faith to get saved. Oh, we had faith in certain things. But Lord, I pray that our faith would be in you, not in our own abilities. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And maybe this morning, I'd like to read a prayer. It's by Charles Stanley this morning. Maybe you can say amen to these prayers, which means so be it or I agree. But as I read this prayer, may this be our prayer this morning together. Father, I recognize that the struggle I am facing today is because of my focus, which is on my problems and feelings, rather than on your perfect provisions. Amen. Therefore, Lord, please continue to draw me to your presence, giving me strength and courage through your word and in prayer. Amen. Whenever I'm anxious, immediately remind me to seek you. Show me the promises in the scriptures that you wish to work through to strengthen my faith and transform my mind. Teach me about you. Teach me about who you are so I can stand steadfast against these fears and declare in full confidence my God is wiser, more loving, and more powerful than any problem I could ever face. Amen. Day by day, help me to place my focus on your faithful character and unfailing principles so that I can be a person of courage and conviction who obeys and pleases you and train my mouth to praise you in every circumstance. Lord God, convict me whenever I speak words of worry and defeat and help me always to glorify you with my behavior and conversation. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Marvelous prayer, would you not agree? If you'd like a copy of that prayer, be glad to give it to you. It's from Charles Stanley. We're going to sing day by day and with each passing moment. Uh, I've dealt with a probably an area that every one of us should be under some type of conviction about right now. Would you not agree with me? I would hope that God has spoke to our hearts. Now, how do we respond? Do we take the principles out with us? Or do we keep going down the path? Let God be God. And every man a liar, including yourself to yourself. You know how many times you lie to yourself? It's that voice that climbs on our shoulders and said, God doesn't care. That's a lie. God's not with you. That's a lie. God doesn't know what's going on. That's a lie. God doesn't love me. That's a lie. Recognize those lies. Recognize who he is. And turn our attention immediately. And let's stand together. We're going to sing day by day. And with these passing moments. Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment. Isn't that the truth? He whose heart is kind beyond moment. 
if there's decisions that come forward to, why don't you come in this invitation time or there's your seats or if there's things that don't, don't just, we don't want to just close out. If you're not certain of where you're going to spend eternity, you do have something to worry about. There's a reality of heaven and hell. But you know, I find so many people don't even think about what's the most important thing to think about, and that's where we're going to spend eternity. Jesus died on the cross to give you everlasting life. You can be certain of eternal life in heaven by putting your faith in Christ. Please visit before you leave. Help me then in every tribulation. Let's sing that together. Come along. Help me, Lord, when toils and troubles needing, air to take as from a father's hand, one by one the days, the moments fleeting. Till I reach the promised land. Apparently the devil didn't want us to see that last verse. You go home and get your hymn book out and don't steal the hymn book here because that, that song is not in our hymn book. All right, so don't be tempted to steal it out of that. But oh, trust the Lord. Amen. Amen and amen. Any other decisions, please come and visit before you leave. Uh, just uh, registration for Faith Bible. Read over your bulletin, the work day on two weeks, and uh, we head for camp uh, tomorrow. Do pray for us. Uh, someone said in Sunday school, when you struggle on the onset, you know it's going to be a good week. Almost always, almost always, the week before camp is one of the most difficult times for our staff here at Westside Baptist Church because souls are going to be saved, hearts are going to be changed. And I'm going to tell you something. Our young people need the message they're going to hear this week. You be praying about it. We do need one or two more kitchen workers, all right? So if you can come help us, let us know about that. And God bless you. Sunday school classes tonight at 5 o'clock. Be back to hear a message from Brother Josh Waldecker on hope, I believe it is. Don't hold me to that, though. You are dismissed. <laughs>